Yes, we are back at it again. Let me tell you something. Welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody, everybody who has been sending emails, DMs, tweets. I mean, there is so much love for last week's episode, the Ronnie Feig episode, founder of Kith. Um, just a great journey to see. I mean, I know Ronnie so many years. It was just pure. It wasn't only just about sneaker collabs or just like what's hot. It's about creating. Um, I feel like he was, to me, it's the most in-debt interview, conversation. I don't even want to call it interview. Like, I love doing conversations with Ronnie Feig. I mean, again, shouts worldwide. Honestly, it's been overwhelming of how many tweets, emails, DMs from people all over. And I love seeing that, and I love that we told the story. And Ronnie was happy, and, and, and I'm glad to see that. Internet, let me tell you something, okay? The amount of people checking in has been special too, man. And, and, and I guess, listen, this is like showing love. We might as well give people our roses, you know, and their roses while they're here. You know, people, some people want to don't be selfish. Internet, don't be selfish, okay? Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Internet, thank you for people all over worldwide checking in, man. I've seen South Carolina. Again, always Detroit, okay? I've seen Alaska, Tokyo. Man, uh, Switzerland's always on it. Sydney, Australia, man. Man, I, I mean, I've seen so much Boston, man. Listen, okay? There's so much love, and I appreciate it. Internets, keep on telling a friend to tell a friend, okay? What the Premium Pete Show is doing is bringing people from all walks of life. This ain't no gossip show. This ain't no show that's trying to compete with another show. This is a show that is, is bringing people on and going over the journey, the full life journey, the ups, the downs, the sideways, you know, with people from all walks of life, could be artists, could be athletes, could be entrepreneurs, whoever. It could be own restaurants. You know, we look, internet. I always say this: like you, you, you want to be a producer, or you're a producer at at a low level and and struggling with it. Take a listen, or if you know someone, send it to the Just Blaze episode, or maybe the Ill Mind, or maybe the D Dot, or maybe the Pete Rock. I mean, maybe the Ted Smooth. You know, there is so many episodes that we did. Or what about entrepreneurship? Send them the Gary Vaynerchuk episode. Or send them, uh, you know, send them the Rich Antonella episode, who is the uh, founder of Complex Networks. I mean, who, who else? There's so many, man. I mean, look, just keep on telling a friend to tell a friend about the Premium Pete Show. Rate, subscribe. Yo, go internet. Do me a favor. Go on iTunes, okay? Rate, subscribe if you have. If you did, I appreciate you. Leave a comment, man. Leave a comment, man. Say something, okay? But you know what I always tell you, and I already said thanks to everybody checking in worldwide. Check the fuck in, okay? At Premium Pete. Right now, open your Twitter app, open your Instagram app, wherever you listen, and at the Premium Pete Show, at Premium Pete. Check in. Let me know where you're checking in from. Let me know what city you're from. Let me know what city you're repping. Let me know what you're listening to. And listen, don't only listen to the latest episode. Dig in that catalog, okay? The Premium Pete Show. Dig in that catalog, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever. Let me tell you, before we get to the episode, I want to go over uh, a, a tweet that I tweeted that I've been thinking. You know, I try to get these things off my mind and let people know that you're not alone, that you're not, you're not different if you're thinking a certain way or if you're struggling, you're not failing. You know, I'm always saying that. And be blessed for what you have. You know, like people sometimes complain too much. I learned, even myself, I realized that, you know, sometimes we complain too much. But meanwhile, there's somebody right now that has no legs, you know, and they're not complaining. I find like the people who have the worst that you would think of, you know, the, the most struggles complain the less. 
you know, it's like people with cancer, you know, just, just, just fighting it, man, and not complaining. We're over here complaining that, you know, that a video game is out of, uh, you know, is sold out or Fortnite that we didn't win in Fortnite. Stop fucking around with Fortnite, okay? Even though I fuck with Fortnite, man. I, I can't believe I'm actually saying that, but I do. Internet, this week uh, I tweeted something out and um, it was really heartfelt to me that I said, look, I check myself multiple times a day. The best connection you should have should be with yourself. Nobody is perfect, but each day living is another chance at being a better person. Okay, Internet, anybody who's going through the struggle this week or whenever you're listening to this, Understand this. I'm going to say it again. I check myself multiple times a day. The best connection you should be, the best connection you have should be with yourself. Nobody is perfect, but each day living is another chance at being a better person. Let me tell you, I don't care if you're an OG, you're young, middle-aged, whatever. Every day we could take a chance at being a better person. And that's not no corny shit. It's a fucking real shit. There's times where, you know, I, I, I check myself. That's what I wrote. I check myself daily that maybe I didn't handle something right or there's something I've been slacking on, procrastinating on, you know, particularly even our own dreams. We'll doubt ourselves and talk ourselves out of it. Let me tell you something. Don't do that. Keep pushing. Keep pushing yourself to turn your dreams into reality, man. And if you want, hit me up, man. Email me, thepremiumpetro at gmail.com. You know, maybe I'll get on a call with you if, you go, if you're going through something. Internet, we need to be there for each other. I know that shit sounds weird. Like, if you're like, yo, I'm going to get on the phone with you or I'm going to... Man, social media is amazing. Think about how many people... It's crazy. It, social media is crazy, but it's amazing at the same time. Think about how many people you actually connected with or do things with. I know people who, are, who found business partners through, and they connected through Twitter. I know people that have got married of people they met through Twitter. I know people that uh, done, came together and, and done so many things. And internets, keep on doing that. Just believe in yourself. Even me, every day, there's times I doubt myself. That's what happens. But surround yourself with people who you could talk to and who could believe in you and understand that one day ain't the same as the other. There's better days ahead. Let me tell you, this week's episode, I'm so excited to get to another entrepreneur journey. I can't wait for you to hear this one. Another entrepreneur journey with the co-founder of Venmo, plus many other things. This is a, a super entrepreneur, my man Ikram. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce his whole name yet, but I will. Okay, he's an official dude. I connected with him. I mean, I, we're gonna take down a journey of what it was like, you know, creating Venmo, the struggles, the you know, the the, the successes, and and how he goes about in his life and, and and being the entrepreneur that he is. Internets, I present to you, okay, the co-founder of Venmo, Ikram, on this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show. Let's get to it. Cheer. Everybody get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with my with my newly friend, okay? He's a, he's a good fellow. He's a friend of mine. You know, I say that for people that I that, that I really mess with and uh, that I admire and I believe in. Um, super entrepreneur, like I said. Um, founder of many things, particularly co-founder of Venmo and a bunch of other projects. I welcome to the Premium Petro, my guy, Ikram. Ikram, what's up, buddy? Not we much. made it happen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Listen. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. And, uh... We're going to start right off the bat. Ikram, young boy, 
Where did you even grow up? I grew up in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe? Uh, yeah. Mom and dad there. together? Mom and dad. Yeah, what, they, they what, had what did mom do? Mom was a secretary. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what she did all the time, but I, uh, I mean, besides taking care of me, but she was a secretary at a university for a short period of time. And then, yeah, I think that's what she did. And, and Pops? Pops, I think he was an urban planner. It was, you know, they, it was kind of nebulous growing up, and mm. we didn't really talk about it. I don't know. It never came, it wasn't top of mind for us. Mm. Now, when you say, like, you know, g- growing up where you grew up, like, you know, what was the environment like? As, like, how long did you stay there? I was in Zimbabwe for seven years, and then after Zimbabwe, I moved to Zambia. And then after Zambia, I moved to Uganda. Mm. And when I was... Why'd you move so much? I mean, if you don't mind me asking... I think my my parents were just trying to figure out what to do with life, honestly. Um, my dad, I feel like he had like an entrepreneurial spirit, but was always trying to get something off the ground. And I don't know, you know, he was just going from job to job, just trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom sort of followed him around. And then she had, I would say, the more stable jobs from time to time. So the sure. secretary. And, uh, my dad did a lot of urban planning, and then eventually he got a job in Uganda as a consultant, like, contractor with the World Bank. And we ended up there. Um, yeah, and then I moved here with my mom when I was 13 to, to Virginia, here being American. Okay. And out of all the places you went, you know, Zimbabwe, Uganda, uh, where else did you say? Zambia. Zambia. What What's some of the memories that you remember from that stuck out to you, that still stick out to you to this day? I mean, the spirit of the people was the is the biggest one. Everyone had uh, has over there just wonderful outlook on life, I would say, and um, very welcoming, musical. Um, I learned a lot about music uh, all which over you, Africa. Which you still do to this day, and we'll yeah, get to I that. Do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, very community-oriented. People mm-hmm. were, you know, I would say when I moved here, one of the things I noticed was uh, people were more independent, mm. which is also cool, but uh, there was a lot more sharing going on in, in where, we, where I grew up and sharing stories, sharing food, sharing, uh, you know, songs, things like that. And, yeah, the spirit was just incredible. You know, uh, you spoke about your father kind of being like an early on entrepreneur, probably before that word even existed. Like he, yeah. <laughs> You know, right? Exactly. Did you did you in 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 your nationality and where you grew up? Did did you have like a tight knit relationship with dad? Like, were, were were there like you know hugs and kisses and you know uh... from time to time? Um, there it, it, it oscillated between lots of hugs and kisses and me being terrified mm. of him. <laughs> you know, when he wanted to drill something home, I guess. True. Um, so that's how I think that's how we operated uh, and. One of the things that's interesting is I think my parents gave me a lot of freedom to kind of explore things on my own growing up. No one was really telling me, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Probably because they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a, as a natural side effect, I was able to just kind of find my own way. Um, of course, they had a few things that they wanted me to be me, be good at. Like, you got to get gr- good grades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but who doesn't say that? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> it's, like, it's, just a, it's like a normal just... Like, to be, you know be good in math because you know my parents my dad comes from a sri lankan background and he he grew up in sri lanka uh with my mom before they moved to zimbabwe where i was born and you know the sciences and things like that just little schooling things and um yeah that's kind of how it was 
So, so you moved to United States, Richmond, Virginia. I moved to uh, Fairfax County, Virginia. Okay, so thirteen northern, years old. Northern Virginia. Yeah, thirteen. So you're thirteen years old. I mean, what what was the thought that did you even know what you wanted to do or become or? Oh, I had no, no idea really. Um, but I did. I did know I liked to play around and mm. have a good time, and you know. Just hang out. Just, just, just staying outside. Yes, yeah, staying outside. I played a lot of sports. Actually, I would play basketball. Really? I just got, when I first I got into basketball when I moved here. I played tennis growing up. So, yeah, I'd be outdoors all basically from the time school let out to to, to ten o'clock. So in the summers. So, but there had to be something like in in your teenage years that that you knew that you wanted to become. Or you knew that you wanted to do, like, you know, maybe, you know how sometimes people want to be like a fireman or an astronaut, you know, like just crazy things or even, is this something that you knew that you wanted to do? Um, One of the things that I knew that I wanted was to be able to control my destiny. So I think out of that came a natural uh, inclination towards doing my own thing. So... Even I didn't really I didn't have any like career path in mind. I, I, I didn't want to be a fireman or an astronaut. None, none of that. I sure. didn't. I didn't. I didn't sort of have those aspirations. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think partly because I was trying to assimilate to a new culture. So I didn't really have time to think about that stuff. And I know a lot of kids grow up here, and you know some of the questions they get asked early on are you know who do you idolize and who do you want to become when you grow up. But those questions weren't really asked of me. When I was when I was little, and when I got here, I didn't have time to think about it. So, sure. I did know though I wanted to just do my own thing. And then, you know, as you grow up, you start seeing that money plays a role in life in adulthood, uh, or you know, once you pass a certain age, and you have to eventually make your own money. And I was like, I knew that would have to happen because my parents would talk about it too. So I feel like one decision I made very at a very young age was. If I'm making my own money, I want to do my own thing because that that way I could go to sleep when I want to sleep. I can wake up when I want to wake up. If I need to take a nap, I can take a nap. Uh, and I just started like doing my own thing. So the first thing I did to make money was give tennis lessons. Really? Um, so you're good yeah. at tennis? I'm okay. I mean, good, good enough, enough to, to give lessons. Yeah, I mean, most coaches aren't great players, mm, mm. Um, but uh, good at pointing out things. Sure, sure. So I would, I would. Uh, and observing, I guess. So I gave tennis lessons. I was, I remember I was like 12, 13. I was giving lessons to 60-year-olds and 25-year-olds, sometimes kids. So, and what was cool about that is I got to meet all these people. Because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't as if I was, I felt like I was gaining too. Because, you know, when you're giving tennis lessons to a 60-year-old, they're telling their life story too. And you're learning from that. So, you know, uh, I always felt like, Doing my own thing was going to be a part of my life, and that kind of guided guided me throughout my journey. Um, and ultimately, uh, I think when it got more, when there was more pressure to kind of really sustain myself by myself, so thank you to my parents and everyone that brought me to where I was before I kind of took over myself, I guess. Um, that's when I started exploring like what another job could look like uh, besides working for myself, and frankly, I don't think anyone wanted to hire me. Mm. Why? Why do you think that? <laughs> because I, I I just couldn't connect. I, I think I was they. I think they saw that I was faking it. Mm. You know, if I go into an interview, it's like this guy doesn't want to be here. I mean, some people do a good job of that, like, and you know, uh, but I, I just I just couldn't 
I, I wouldn't show up to work probably. Mm. And I think I had a loss. I had a law job. I was doing an IT support thing in, in, uh, in, in the, at the law school, the tech guy running around fixing computers, things like that. Did you like tech? Uh, did I like tech? I, I, I was indifferent about it. Um, but I did know that tech enabled you to do things and, uh, allowed you more freedom over time if you understood it. So, yeah, I got into it. Um, but, yeah, I remember doing the, doing this law school gig. I think it was paying me 12 bucks an hour, uh, enough to make my rent. And uh, one day I was just like, I'm done, and I just didn't, I stopped showing up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And no and one what asked you me. Do, what'd you do? I just went, I, they became, call you? I they... became a bartender. I don't, they didn't call me. I don't think they needed me. Uh, they probably knew. I did go back like a month later saying, hey, anything for me to do? And they're like, what are you talking about? I remember that. But, uh, yeah, it's just like if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grim, you're crazy, man. He just showed up one day in a bow, in a bow tie and a fucking vest. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm here. You need any help? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, they're like, yeah, get out of here, man. <laughs> exactly. So you, so you said you went to become a bartender? Uh, yeah. Then I, I, start, I did a bartending gig because um, my rent was 200 a month. So I needed to make $200 a month. In Philadelphia, mm. um, and which is not that hard to make, actually. Mm. If you know, do a couple of shifts, and then the good thing about being a bartender is everything's for free. Yeah, <laughs> while you're doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of hangovers too for free. But uh, <laughs> how did you not get stuck? You know, I asked this. We had an early episode. One of my friends uh, who owns Sweet Chick, and I said he was a bartender, and I said, you know, sometimes bartenders get stuck. Like, you know, any job sometimes. You, know, you can see a bartender at this bar for 25 years, you know? How did you not get stuck as being, you know, being a bartender? Do you want eventually, more? Eventually, I got bored with that, too. It's just, well, I kept forgetting the orders. Yeah. I'd show, I'd, like, literally, you're saying, give me a vodka tonic. I'd turn around and come back. Like, what was that again? And I'd turn around, vodka tonic, turn around. I'm, shit. Sorry. And then, you know, it just get, you, you realize it's like, this is not what I want to do. Do, do you think? And, do you think that not to cut you up, but do you think that was because you weren't loving what you were doing? Like you didn't find any joy. Yeah, and it was a lot of labor, um, and I felt like there were more efficient ways to spend time. Um, like so, so I picked up coding mm -hmm. in college and after it. And what college you went to? I went to uh, UPenn, University of Pennsylvania. Okay, um, was that hard to get into for you, or it was simple? Uh, I don't really remember, to be honest. I think it was just a fortuitous thing. Mm -hmm. um, so you're in Penn? Yeah. and uh, Pick up coding? Picked up coding. And after I graduated, I was like, okay, maybe I'll go, uh, me and a buddy, we, the guy that I ended up starting Venmo with. What's we, his name? Uh, Andrew Cortina. Mm -hmm. uh, we we were like, all right, no one's going to hire us after after school. So we started making websites for restaurants. And that's way easier than bartending. And you get paid the same amount, you know, 200 bucks a pop for a website. And, you know, it was kind of like you could just do that in bed. You wake up, put your laptop on your on your body and start coding and you're making a website. And then, you you know, you have one or two meetings every two weeks with the owner of a restaurant. They gave you 200 bucks, move on to the next one. And it's like bartending, you got to take all these orders. You got bam, bam, bam. Sure, sure. It just becomes, it's labor intensive. So... Um, and that's kind of how I got my first taste of engineering and coding and building something. And another thing that was always appealing to me was things that would kind of scale. So you can make one, one website that lots of people use, but
but you know the website only takes like three months to make sure and those you know once you start once those things start to click you start realizing that man this is an efficient way to make ends meet um and then over time it kind of becomes an addiction because you realize you can wake up <laughs> go to your kitchen counter make a coffee start writing some code and then people from all over the world start hitting up hitting your website or whatever and you're like wow i'm connecting with all these people and i'm not even leaving my apartment and then you're like well i just want to do this all day it's kind of probably how people feel when they play games they just mm. like wake up play games go to sleep sure and you know you're lost in this world so that's kind of what it felt like um and it's kind of how i got going were you good at coding i would say i'm good enough to get by it's like i wouldn't say fluent but kind of good enough to to get the first version done but eventually if things were to get you know to scale sure, sure. I'd have to hand it off to an expert. You know, obviously one of your big creations is Venmo, right? But what was before that that people may not even know of? Because like, I'm sure you tried a couple of things before you got there. Absolutely. Um, so the first was this restaurant. We, we, you know, our ambition was to, to make restaurants for websites and then eventually make this thing that would allow any restaurant creator to come and, you know, spin up a restaurant website and then they would pay us monthly for storage and things like that. If I had to pick an analogy to what that was like today would be like Squarespace or mm. WordPress or something like that. But for, you know, for some reason we fell short on delivering, you know, it takes a lot of energy and drive to go from idea to prototype to actual company with lots of usage. Um, and getting from idea to prototype is not the hard part. It's actually getting from that prototype to the first version and then marketing it and getting people to use it. And that takes a lot of energy. And when we were, I think, 21, you know, we did it for like three months and we weren't satisfied with the amount of people that were using it. So we just kind of moved on to another project. Um, and then I did, the Cortina and I, we also made a, we made a, a website for musicians called Philafunk. Mm. Philafunk Music. And the idea behind that was anyone could upload their music and people could buy it. And we would take like a small fee, 10%, which at the time was way better than whatever else was comparable. Sure. It was at a time when it was hard to for musicians to sell their music. We did that. Um, learned a lot about, I would say, guerrilla marketing. We would, I remember going to a bunch of music festivals, handing out flyers and saying, check out Philafunks, the way to sell your music. And eventually, same thing, similar thing happened with that. We were just like, this is not growing at the pace that we want it to. And if I look back at that, I would say now, knowing what I know now, we were actually in a pretty good place for both those companies. We just fell short on things I learned after making Venmo. Is it, do, is it timing? Like, How much do you believe that timing is, is, is everything? I'm, I'm sure I, patience too, no? I think timing and patience and uh, also motivation. You have to be motivated to continue to work on it. Um, and, you know, as with lots of entrepreneurs and people that are constantly have ideas, like as soon as another idea pops into your head, you you jump to that one, and sure. that could become more exciting. I, I remember I made a I made a website called Philadelphia Sheriff Sales, um, which is how I learned how to collect credit cards actually mm. as a payment me mechanism. Uh, and the idea behind that was it scraped all of the uh, it scraped all of the real estate properties in Philadelphia. Uh, so you could find a good deal on a house, mm -hmm. things that were foreclosed or in, you know, the places that you haven't paid your taxes on, people hadn't paid their taxes on and they were being sold at auctions. Yeah. So I was like, man, maybe I'll buy some land or something with this. So I made this thing, then I 
we made a subscription service that was, you know, that subscribed, that we had like, you know, 100 subscribers a month, I think. That was paying us like $2,000 a month. Nice. Which is actually how we got our first office for Venmo uh, through the Delancey Corporation. Uh, and if you look today, if you look at the Venmo app today, um, it's still owned by the Delancey Corporation, which was actually the company that we, you know, we made, me and Cortina, back in the day as a holding company for all our ideas. Philadelphia Sheriff Sales was one of the ideas. Uh, among but a, those were your companies, no? That you yeah, created? Com- yeah, companies and I would say two people, com- one or two people companies never got beyond that. Interns once in a while that, you know, helped us out. But in in parallel to a lot of those things, I also worked at startups to kind of... Uh, to what, gain knowledge? To get, some, get, get experience and learn about what it would take to go from a small idea to an actual company that lives the test of time enough to get to the point where like now you have users and it becomes a brand that people know about, et cetera. And, uh, the first thing I company I worked for was I'm in like with you. It was like a five person startup. Um, then I moved back to Philadelphia, worked at this company called ticket leap. So I, I, ne- I had been around the block before Venmo started the tech block. I would say, how hard is that, especially for somebody who is like a creative, but you're also doing all, like you're doing almost everything, you, you and your partner, like, you know, yeah. you're, you're pushing it, you're creating it, you're working on it, you're trying to market it, you know, you're taking the meetings for it, like, and I'm sure some of those things you, A, probably weren't, you know, weren't as good at or didn't like, you know, how hard is that to do? Because an entrepreneur, you think about it, you got to hustle, you hustle you your do rest. everything, yeah. yeah. How, how was was that a struggle or you, or you just learned to do everything on the go and dealt with it? It was, when you're, see, I would say this. I grew up in an environment where it was never easy to get something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I don't know why. I think partly because, but I just became accustomed to that. So when we were having these meetings with people and whatever, and people are telling us no, yes, on certain things, et cetera. I would uh, I'd handle it with ease, and I found it fun. For me, I still view my life this way. I'm always practicing for something. I don't know what it's going to be, probably my death, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I always feel like I'm practicing for something, and I love to practice. So mm. me sitting here at this podcast with you, in some ways, is me practicing telling my story and refining that. Like me playing a show at Tajine, that's practice for me, and... Um, there's nothing more satisfying than you seeing yourself become more confident in what you're doing over time. And mm. it, it, it it's never led to me thinking I, I know how to do anything, really. <laughs> it's actually leading me to believe that I just need to keep practicing. Um, and that's how I viewed it. That's how I viewed life. Uh, that's basically how I viewed my life. Sure. So, so you, you got a couple of startup companies. You're gaining super knowledge working with a bunch of startup companies. Uh, you're actually making some money with somebody's the subscription service. Um, where does is, is is Venmo next? Like, where, where where does this even like where does the thought even come from? Yeah, well, it actually came from me and Cortina wanting to work back to but work together again. So we we initial so we 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 both we were freshman year roommates. That's how we met. Uh, thank you, Penn, for that. That was a complete, like, it's like putting salt and pepper together in one room. <laughs> um, polar opposites with the perfect compliments. Mm. Um, so mm. 
uh, we graduate and, you know, we're doing a bunch of things together. Bam, 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 bam. Then it's like one thing leads to the next. I want to go back to Philadelphia. He wants to stay in New York. So he joined something. I, w- I came to something in Philadelphia. Probably love interest. Um, and, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it always is. You, you'll go wherever. That's it, man. <laughs> you know especially what I'm saying? At, especially at a young age, man. You're running. <laughs> Yeah, you're running. It's like what you you moving to Seattle? Yeah, I'll be there in the morning. <laughs> Yo, it, it, I'll tell you one thing, man. That beginning, but that's the best feeling the in the world. The beginning feeling is such it's, a special. It's thing, the man. best. It's it, nothing. You can never. If I could recreate that every day, I would. Sure. Um. So. So I moved back to Philadelphia, and then like you know, two years go by, or a year and a half go by, and what we what I realized was like, and I think what Cortina realized it's like, what we enjoyed most about working together after school was just the friendship, just hanging out, going to the bar afterwards and talking about what you're working on when you wake up the next day. And you, you have this relationship that that's driv- driven by a friendship. And you're like, okay. And then I remember I joined Ticket Leap and he joined something. And it, it probably felt for both of us a little like, okay, this is cool. We're making money uh, now that we know how to code and things like that. But it wasn't a, the type of situation where you've known someone for 10 years and you know if that guy needs to take two days off, it's cool. And I, you know, so I, I would always feel uncomfortable completely being myself in any other situation. Whereas I feel like when Cortina and I, you know, you, when two roommates end up working together on a company, you almost treat it as two roommates just hanging out, working sure. on a school sure. project or something sure. like that. And just Venmo happened to be one of those projects that, you know, became bigger than, we thought it would really, and so I think we craved that friendship and that I, the, the thought of working with a friendship um, and hanging out and getting back to those days that were fun and and all about you know twenty four seven being on, and that's how it started. Like, yo, let's just do something, whatever. I don't even let's just let's just what if we can make money elsewhere? Why can't we make money together? Kind of thing. So let's let's get together, and then I think that was the impetus for how we how we uh came up with you know a series of brainstorming sessions that eventually led to like what venmo would become mm. now venmo um what does that even mean what does venmo mean venmo is uh, a combination of vendor mobile mm. now was there any other names beforehand that didn't make it <laughs> that's a now that's the first time i've heard that one let me think hmm I don't think so. I th- we, we I wish I could have that chat conversation. I, we came up with the name Cortina. Actually, eventually landed on Venmo, and I just I was I, I was uh, I I just um, you know yelled out of joy. That's the one because and it was also eight ninety nine on GoDaddy. Um, <laughs> but uh, isn't that crazy? <laughs> I know people that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. Facebook probably spend like two million or tw- they've spent a shit ton on that thing. Um, yeah, we got ours for free. Um, it's funny. Someone's asking, asking me for $800,000, uh, to buy ents.com. I'm like, nah, ents.nyc, yo. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that's, that, that's your new project. We'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just thinking, just no, of trying course, to yeah. But yeah, it was, a, we were just chatting ideas. I, I'm sh- if I could go back to that chat, there were other ideas, but when Venmo came out, it was like, that's the one. Now, how does somebody like what about a logo? Like, was that something that took a hundred years to that do? That took that went through like five iterations. I I made the first one, uh, 
It was multicolored. Oh, you know how to graphic design, too? Uh, a little bit. I mean, no. Well, not you, really. you, you, you just bro, do what it you, takes. You're a humble You're a humble fucking guy, man. <laughs> you're a jack of all trades, man. <laughs> but you want to be the ace of spades. Uh, yeah, you brought that you up. Understand? You know, it's funny. I just asked someone. I asked Uncle Jeff that on, on Ents. Yeah. Should I be the jack of trades or, or the ace of spades? He said, be the ace of spades. You know, shout out to uh, our friend Carly. But more, Carly, yeah, for yeah, sure. But more importantly, she had made a point, Internet, that do you want to be the jack of all trades? Or the ace of spades at something. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. You know, I think in business, you know, uh, you want to be uh, maybe an ace of spades or maybe a jack of all trades. Many people want to be different things, but I think yeah. that, you know, we all, I, I consider myself a jack of all trades, but at the end of the day, you want to be an ace of spades in something. So, right. But anyway, listen. That's tough. You're a fucking humble guy, Ikram. You're, <laughs> yeah. hum, you're, you're humble. I- um so you 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 designed the first iteration. The of first Pen-Mo. logo, yeah, it was multicolored. It had it. I I borrowed from Google and Toys R Us. Mm, mm. Um, rest in peace. Uh, Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Toys R Us. Good thing we changed it to a monotone logo. Um, mm. But yet, yeah, Toys R Us had the same combination of colors that Google had and eBay. And I was like, okay, these people must have done billion a billion dollars worth of research on this i'm just gonna borrow borrow the color scheme and then make our own version of it because they probably figured out that a multicolored logo is what gets lots of users or something like that or is a brand that's friendly so that's how that that's how the first version came out you could google it you'll see it's like a it had a little curvaceous e which is a little tipped over um and then two years into it or maybe a year into it we hired a, a real professional Ace of Spade designer who came in and like really na- nailed the logo, and the logo has been the same since. And so, so at that time, did you have uh, multiple employees, or just you and your partner? Initially, just me and my, me and Cortina, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it slowly grew one by one, and you start hitting up everybody, you know, like your friend from high school, f- your second roommate, you know, all these people. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, I hear this a lot, like, don't work with your friends, don't mix business and pleasure. I feel the opposite way, I think. Why? Um, I think working with friends is the greatest. Like, I think you have to be friends first before building anything because um, that's how you really, really extract the nuances of something special. Um, and generally, from what I've experienced, you know, um, if I look at Venmo today, I can still see the combination of me and Cortina in that product, and I could. I, it's like a. It's it's just a. It's a friendship that turned into a company um, out of a basic need. Mm. You know, you think uh, you think about it. You, you, you're on to something now. You create the logo. Eight ninety nine for the GoDaddy. Like it's crazy that a multi million dollar company was started with eight ninety nine just as a logo. I mean, a, a web web link. But more importantly. Did you? When did you think that Venmo, like you had something, like it would, you would, it would, you would make it? Because keep in mind, um, for those who may not know about uh, uh, Venmo, or I'm sure they do, but for those who may not know the history of what happened, you eventually sold Venmo. In what year? Like you know, was it years that you ran and operated it before it 2000, sold? Two thousand, like two thousand twelve or something. Oh, fifteen, two somewhere two thousand. <laughs> Wait, it's 2000 now. Okay. <laughs> All right. It started in 2000. We sold it like 2004, 15. Okay. And we, you started? Uh, that I know. Started 2009. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, you know, I feel like I feel like Venmo has a long way to go, actually. And But I will say it is interesting to 
to be around a group of people that I don't know and for them to have, have heard about it or use it or things like that, that, I mean, I guess that's a sign of like, these are things that we imagined early on that are starting to happen now. And I would say it's only, this is after, actually after I left, when I started to really see people using it around me and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Um, um, because we had talked about that, like there's going to be a day where you'll feel the comfort of knowing that someone next to you that's a stranger accepts Venmo. So you don't have to worry about the financial hassle. Sure. You told me when we had lunch, you told me that, um, in the beginning you were hustling Venmo, you would go into like, uh, restaurants or, or, or coffee shops and, and, and tell people like, Hey, uh, you know, you would, I would pick up the tab. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. Tell yeah. Me. I would. There were times when I, one of my favorite Chinese were actually, I got to give a shout out to Square on Square in Philadelphia. Okay. Nice. Still one of my favorite Chinese restaurants. I've never walked into a restaurant and talked to a restaurant owner and had, had the level of support he gave me. I said, Hey, I'm working on this new thing. It's a way to collect payments. Would you be interested? He said, yes. And he signed up that day. He took a full $200 bill from me i paid him with venmo mm. and I, he all i needed was his phone number and he took the whole thing and i didn't even know the guy and i was like man this is the type of trust the world needs and you know uh i, I gotta go we gotta go we should all go there one one day we For should sure. you know we should have a, a party at that restaurant in philadelphia square it. on square and i hope that own i hope he's still there and if he's there and he sees us we'll and he said to me i remember he said you know one day this thing man you keep doing it. I'm telling you, I like it. I like the energy. I like what you're doing, da-da-da. And, you know, I haven't seen him for about three years now. Yeah. But uh, Square on Square was a restaurant that accepted Venmo. And then, you know, I would tell people at the restaurant, like, these guys accept Venmo, like, check it out. What do you mean? Out. You just walk in and ask them, like, like <laughs> yeah. what? what would you say to them? I said, I'm working on... Oh, the so, so what I would do sometimes is I would, if I'm at dinner with a group of friends, I'd tell the waiter, hey, put that bill on me. And say it's on this guy, this nice guy over here, and uh, you know you could you could walk away from the bill or just give me two minutes of your time, and I just want to tell you about why I paid for this meal, and um, so the waiter would do that, and thankfully uh, every single time I did that, someone came over and said, "Yo, what's up, man? Why are you buying our? Why are you buying six people dinner? And putting <laughs> <laughs> putting it on a credit card? Yeah. Thanks, Visa, man." Uh, and, uh, I would say, Hey, look, here's why I'm working on this thing. We use it all the time. It's a way to send money to, this is one of the common uses cases of, of, of Venmo today, paying back, paying each other back for the bill. And I want to let you know about two things. First, if all of y'all at a restaurant and it's six people at the table and you all throw your credit cards down, you're being, you're annoying the waiter. Sure. So why don't you try this thing called Venmo that me and my friends use and we made it. It's kind of cool. It's an easy way for you to pay each other back. And, you know, otherwise, it's cool. The, the, the rest, this, this meal's on me, but just remember Venmo the next time. And then I was like, on top of that, every time you, the restaurant owner swipes the card, there's a small fee associated with that. So if you, you just put one credit card down, there's so much to gain. One, you get the credit card points if you have them. If everyone pays you back, it's easy for everybody involved. Uh, it's much easier to determine who owes what and the restaurant, <clears throat> the person paying for the, you know, the waiter doesn't have to decide how to split the bill up. And 
you're you're uh, you're trying this new service, and it's going to change your life uh, because you're going to use it for rent. You're going to use it to pay your roommate back for coffee. That you're gonna your mom is going to send you Venmo someday. Like sure, I, sure. I would tell this story, and, and, and let me ask you: Would they look at you like you were crazy, or they believed in you? Well, then I'd leave it. I'd leave it off with so. As a final step, would you be willing to Venmo me? For the meal that I just paid for, and I'll give you a discount. So, or sometimes I'd say just Venmo me to try it out. That was harder um, because you know get people to sign up and sure. and put their credit card in. Da da da. Do sure. that whole thing. They probably thought you were like doing. They some thought scam I was like shit. skip. So I was like, look, it's cool. I'm cool. The dinner's on me. But every now and then, two or three people would pay me back with Venmo. The early adopters, and hey, I would watch the logs. I would see like once in a while and then like weeks would go by and I'm like holy shit this person from uh, you know uh, Tai Thai Singha man just use Venmo with, with his friend holy shit so I'm like wow that, that must have worked and then you know lo and behold these little early tactics you know start to make a difference over time and even today I'm still getting uh, notifications from Venmo saying like Joe Schmo, you know, bing a bang, whatever, from back in the day, join Venmo with your invite. And I can't, sometimes I can't even remember the person. That's classic. What's what's the most you ever seen transferred through Venmo? Uh, probably $100,000, but that's, <laughs> that's because, uh, actually, I remember one of our, inv- that's, you know, because we internally had limits back in the day that we would set, so just for fun once in a while we'd just be like yo let's move a hundred thousand dollars just to see if it works things like that but i do remember one of our investors sent sent us an email once saying hey can you raise my limit from 3k to like 10k and uh, the reason he did that was because he was sending one of his buddies now these are these investors in silicon valley five five grand for like some box seats mm-hmm. so he sent the guy five grand uh, on venmo uh so that was up there you know, you get into a point where you're running the app, you're really hustling it. You know, I mean, literally, you're going like person to person. Like, you know, it's 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 very humbling to even do that. You know, was there any points in time where like you got frustrated or or you felt like maybe this app wasn't going to work, like, or maybe this project wasn't going to work, or maybe even did you ever feel like like fucking frustrated where you wanted to quit? You know what you were doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. There was a time when the whole team, we were a team of five, we were all in a room thinking about taking the $250,000 we had raised and turning it into a different company because we didn't feel like Venmo was being used enough. And uh, I remember one of our, one it, that we, we that the day we had that meeting was the day one of my roommates, my roommate Andrew Staub, started at Venmo. And he loved Venmo. His first day, he's in a meeting with four other people saying, we're going to shut Venmo down and start a new company. And anything was on the table, starting an ebook company, starting a, a, a way to share your vacuum with your neighbors and share your your your, util, your, your whatever, your household items and um, maybe like a restaurant point of sale system. Like we seriously contemplated giving Venmo up completely and starting something different because we we're like, look, we don't want to run out of this 250K with 25,000 sure, users. Sure. So we're like, what do we do? Maybe we could do something. And you, and this is a time when you see Snapchat, or not Snapchat, Twitter and Facebook erupting. And you're like, man, why why do we only have like 1,000 users? This is crazy. Um, but I will say, now that I look back at that, I cherish those first 1,000 users. It's like, that's what I live for now. It's like, once you cross, once you get to that point, it's like, wow. 
it's amazing. Whereas back then we were like, this is nothing. So that was one moment. How how eventually did you uh, get more users? Like, when do you think the cracking point was? Man, for Venmo, it was just always slow and steady growth. We did have a referral program, which I thought was pretty influential in at least those early invites that went out. So we were giving a dollar away for every every friend that you brought onto Venmo, mm. and that's kind of how uh, that's kind of how it uh, it got started. Was was Gary Vaynerchuk an early investor? He was, yeah. Gary how, V. How did that happen? That happened. I don't remember exactly how we met him. Probably through a series of uh, best friending. <laughs> you remember that from Carly? Yes, best friending. Yes, best friending. Yes. <laughs> we call it best friending, not networking. Uh, so I think you know one friend was leading to the next, and uh, Gary became our best friend overnight. And uh, I remember going to his house and pitching him Venmo, and he's like, "All right, I'm in." Uh, and then I think he asked he asked for it to invest more, or he wanted more equity or something. Um, but yeah, he ended up making a small investment into into Venmo back in the day. Um, and his brother AJ Vanyachuk was very very influential in helping us crystallize a lot of the product. So thanks AJ. Really? Yeah. Shouts to AJ. Shouts to Gary. Good people. What about uh, Zuckerberg? You're uh, Zuckerberg. Yeah. No. You, you met Zuckerberg. <laughs> I have met Zuckerberg. Yeah, he's cool. Um, I know he's under a lot of pressure right now, but. Yeah, I met him. Uh, he, I do remember a moment when he thought Venmo was a was a. I take this. I, t- I take this somewhat grudgingly, because um, when when I did meet him, he was like, "What's this Venmo thing?" And do you think anyone's really going to use this thing in that kind of tone? Uh, a tone of of, look, I like this experiment, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, actually, I remember being silent throughout that that meeting. I said a few words, but. Uh, yeah, I, I met him. He's he's cool. He's kind of kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let's take a quick break. We're, we're going over the journey of my friend Ikram, the one and only co-founder of Venmo, uh, founder of Ents, musician, entrepreneur. Uh, what else? What's some of your other hobbies? You an artist? You do paint? Uh, <laughs> You play the flute? Come on. I have one painting for sale. If you want it, let me know. Okay. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Internet, we're sitting here with a good mind, a good person, a good friend of mine. And we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. And listen, check out Venmo. Okay? If you never heard of it, if you never... Download it. Check it out, man. We'll be right back. And ends. And ends. E-N-S-E. But we'll get Ends-me. to that soon. Ends us. Okay, We'll get to that as soon as we come back from the break. We'll be right back. Cheer. What's up, everybody? It's Gary Vaynerchuk, a.k.a. Gary V, and you're locked into the Premium Pete Show. Internets, and we're back, sitting here with my guy Ikram, co-founder of Venmo, founder of Ents. Man, just a, just a, a, an entrepreneur, a great mind. I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm enjoying the journey. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Listen, let's get back to where we were. Venmo's moving. You know, you got a couple of people in on it. It's, uh, you know, Gary as an early investor. You know, you, you actually, guys were at a point in time where you're thinking of actually even just changing the company name. You know, it was slow and steady growth. <laughs> Not the company name. We were changing that too, but we were changing, changing the entire company into a different direction, mm. pivoting. Uh, but we probably would have changed the name too. But what, no. <laughs> well, of course, of course. Think about it. But let me ask you. What would you have called Venmo if you could change the name? If, we, if you could have named Venmo, what would it be? It's a great question. Bucks. Um, <laughs> probably not. I would probably call it, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of things I would have probably couldn't, you know, you could call it, you could call it uh, 
you know, like I I do like um I do like um the cash app that they call cash. Okay. You know, and um, I like that I like that name. Cash. Um, I do like uh, I don't know maybe I would call I, when I was young I used to call like hundreds or certain thing like Fozzie bears. Fozzie you know? bears. Yeah, we're like you know Fozzie. Give me a couple of them fresh Fozzie bears, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I like that. It's a great question. I don't know if I can answer that. I, w- I would have to sleep on it, man. You know, uh, maybe drink a bottle of red wine to, first and then come up with the name. I don't know. I mean, uh, Tulip. Pay me. Pay me. You know, like uh, pay me back. Scratch. Scratch is cool. Yeah. I like scratch. You know, um, you know, cheddar. You know, I mean, I don't know. Who knows, man? Who knows? But listen. So what about grass? I, I like grass, but that would, I would probably think that I'm getting some plants or some weed if I'm if I have that app. Right. Now, now, you guys, you 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 guys don't give up. You keep on going. Keep going, yeah. Somebody reaches out, or how does it even like? How, how does it even get to the talks of, of possibly even someone buying, Venmo? Yeah. Well, we got to a point where. The product was doing pretty well, but our our costs were exceeding exponentially the cost of running the operation. Um, so we were spending millions of dollars trying to run Venmo early on. And did you have investors? We had investors. Oh, you we had Gary, but did you Gary? Have... We had, we'd raised five million dollars. Okay. About, uh, by the time we sold, and we spent five million dollars in like eight months. Because How? because of the volume, the transaction volume in Venmo was growing so quickly, and we were giving away credit card transactions for free, and as a result, the cost of running Venmo was exorbitant. So, all that cash we raised was being spent on transaction fees, um, and it came to this point where we're like, we go back to our investors and say, "Hey, we need to raise more money, or we need to come up with a plan because uh, currently we run out of money." In like about a month. I think it was about a month. Holy shit. And that was, I would say, a more stressful conversation, even though that's when I really dug deep into my my roots of just the spirit of life and, like, not letting anything really get to you. But, uh, yeah, I remember being in that board meeting saying, hey, we got to figure something out, otherwise Venmo is no more. And uh, I think we had $500,000 left, and... That five hundred thousand dollars would have evaporated in in about a month and a half. We had our bank, Wells Fargo, calling me, our investors, almost every other day, saying, "Hey, this is a giant risk to us. We're gonna have to shut Venmo down. And if if they, if Wells Fargo shut Venmo down, that means Venmo's gone because we used their entire infrastructure." Mad props to Wells Fargo, Tina Sadeghi, uh, John Huber, Patrice Motts, three people that really changed Venmo's life. Um, among some others, but those were those those were three that I would work with very closely. Um, they called, they 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 uh, they were calling us, and I was like, man, I remember I was in Philadelphia, moving out of an apartment. I don't I get, wrapping up the old Venmo office, all all these things going on, and no one wanted to invest, not even our existing investors. They were like, look, we like the idea of Venmo, but we just don't think it's going to work if this is the cost structure. And we knew we had to fix it, so we fixed it. Uh, but by the time we fixed it, it was too late. It was we couldn't look back. Like no one was willing to invest further. So now we got to figure out what to do. I remember being in a in a team meeting. Everyone sitting in front of me, and I'm the one delivering the message. I'm like, look, 
I don't think Venmo's going to make it. Uh, we're not going to be able to make payroll in two weeks. So you guys and girls should start looking for a new job. And that was a pretty somber discussion. Uh, and in parallel to th those types of meetings with the team, sorry, <coughs> it's allergy season. Can't, it's all good. It's all good. It. Um, so during that period, uh, I remember exploring everything. MasterCard. We talked to MasterCard. Hey, do you want to buy us? Um, and what did they say? They said possibly, but that would take like a year. Okay. The diligence for them to, to be able to do that. And uh, um, so we were doing that. We looked at them. Facebook. This is after we met Zuckerberg. Um, uh, flew their team out to possibly acquire us. They thought they thought we were a bunch of lunatics. Why? In what sense? I mean, <laughs> we were all you know. Everyone's first job. Oh, thank you. Um, didn't really know what was going on, and but we knew Venmo was great. We all had the energy, but like it was like. They looked at us. They're like, I don't even know what y'all are doing. Like, okay, we're not. We can't. We, you're not in a position to be acquired. Let's just put it that way. I remember I was in the interview, and the guy asked me like some computer science question. Like, can you solve this puzzle? I'm like, are you crazy, man? You want me to solve a puzzle right now? Like, he's like looking at literally. It's like you and me sitting in the room. And he goes like, do this, and I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, draw an array. I'm like. But, but, what are you asking me right what, now? What does that have to do with anything? He wanted to see if I was a wizard. I was like, that's not how you're going to determine whether I'm a wizard or not. And I can't answer these questions right now. I'm trying to, I'm in the middle of shutting Venmo down. And you're but, asking but me because, what five times five is. But, <laughs> but because you because you guys were in a jam. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we were in a jam. So we were exploring no, everything. No, but what I'm saying, because you guys were in a jam, were people trying to take advantage of you? Uh yeah, of course. Well, Facebook thought they would have a huge opportunity. Uh, so they, that didn't pan out. And I think they sent some of our employees job offers after that. Tisk, tisk, motherfuckers. Uh, and then, uh, like, because they're like, well, we don't need to buy them. We'll just hire their engineers. They're going out of business anyway. It's like we had a going out of business sign on our window. <laughs> um, and then uh, we we ended up meeting this guy, uh, Bill Reddy, mm. um, from from who was a, a mutual friend through one of our investors. And Bill Reddy, me, uh, Cortina, and Vaughn, we kind of hit it off. And I'll tell you what, I've never seen something turn around overnight like that, which gives me hope for the future of everybody, which is, you know, out of hundreds of different people we'd met throughout the whole this whole process, everyone's, like, looking at Venmo like it's the craziest shit that's ever existed and, like, no one understands how we got to where we were in the first place. Bill Reddy sees it and is like, this is a pot of gold. Mm. I love what you're doing. I love it. I love it. I want, I, want, I, want, I want to be a part of this. And I remember we flew to Chicago, and we were in a conference room, and we just, one thing, you know, we're vibing. We're just like, it's like, you know, when you, you know how they say the greatest hits happen in two minutes? Mm. The songs, like they just, sure. the, on the first take, that was that meeting. Everything else, MasterCard, Facebook, it was like I was dragging my feet across the hallway to even get them to understand what my name was whereas with bill reddy it's just bam one thing leads to the next boom and i'm like wow this guy we're like vibing we're building off of each other sure. we, we just met for the past 10 minutes we just met we, we we've, been, we've known each other in person for 10 minutes and in that one meeting bill goes well why don't instead of doing a partnership or something why don't we just buy you or we'll acquire you 
and I, I I was the point I was the point on this conversation. So I was like, all right, let's do it Zimbabwe style. I was like, I'm I'm from Zimbabwe, baby. Let's do this. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> 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 you know, it's like you you go. Yeah. And uh, that was that. Bill Bill's like, so how much? And I think I tossed a number out, twenty six million, something like that. And he was like, deal. I was like, great. And everyone else, so it's me and Bill but talking. But Cortina, your partner Cortina, did he look at you like, he what trusted are you doing? Me. It, kind of. He's like, well, well everyone was like, it, it moved so fast that this meeting moved so fast. There were like eight people in this conference room. And Bill and I, just, you're, it's literally the way we're sitting sure, across sure, from sure. each other. But it's good vibes all around. And then we agreed on something, left the conference room, got in the elevator. I remember Mike Vaughn looked at me, he goes, did we just sell Venmo? And I was like, yeah. And then that was it. I remember, and I, I, I remember, I remember the things I learned about following up with people immediately. If you're excited, on the cab ride to the airport, I sent Bill Reddy an email saying, "Great meeting you. Can't wait to work with you. Uh, I hope we can turn what we discussed into a reality." And then I remember emailing the founder of Braintree, Brian Johnson, saying, um, "It was awesome meeting you. I think we would. I think we could build some incredible things together. Let's do it." Um, I was going. We were going all in. Uh, and two weeks later, boom, we made on my birthday, July 22nd, I remember signing the paperwork, uh, all of us, we signed the paperwork, I guess I was the point, we signed, you know, to accept the offer from Braintree to buy us. And, and how much was that? For your that was like 26.7 million or something, yeah, something mm -hmm. like that, You could, it's on Google, and, uh, and signed that paperwork, and Bill Reddy trusted us so much that they wired us the following week's payroll because we were ran out of money before the deal even went through, before they did Fuck. all the diligence. And boom. And then overnight, that was it. Venmo Venmo had, had life again. It was like... He breathed life back in. Venmo's, Braintree saved Venmo's life. It's like we went into the emergency room, they put the heart resuscitators on us, bam, 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 and shocked us back to life. And from that day forward, I remember, because now we don't have to worry about, do we have funding? Are we going to have to let go sure, of our sure. employees? Da, 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 everything. Payroll got moved over to Braintree. Braintree honored their word. They said, look, you can keep doing what you're doing. We're not going to come in and we're not going to bother you at all. We think there's a lot you can learn from how we do things. And we think that we have a lot to learn from how you do things. So there's a good synergy there. And I'll tell you what, Bill Reddy kept his word to this day, uh, I'll say. And... Uh, I'm very grateful for that relationship. And um, that was it. From that day forward, the energy, you could feel it in the world. You know, friends are like, wow, Venmo is doing so well. How This is amazing. And then, you know, I think based on that energy, more people started to hear about it. The people that stopped using it years ago started to use it again. Sure, sure. And then it, it just came a lot picked, of buzz, a lot of buzz on it. It just picked up and ba-boom. You know, two years ago, well, a year ago by, and now Venmo is becoming a threat to PayPal. Sure. Braintree is highly profitable, and the synergy of Braintree, Venmo and Braintree is so good that PayPal had to buy us. Yeah, they bought Braintree, and right? And they bought Braintree, boom. Didn't and that they buy them for like $800 million or something like that? Yeah, something up there. And uh, that was it. Bam. And then next thing you know, I'm working, I'm, I'm on PayPal's team now. And uh, so, 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 and I stuck around for a couple of years, and I left. So that was in the contract for you to stay uh, for yeah, a couple I, years? Yeah, to, for... I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have any sort of earnouts. It was just, you know, I was getting, I was, it was a good salary. So I stuck around until I felt my time there was done. And I felt 
everything was in good hands. Like, honestly, it got to the point where you didn't even need me to show up to work anymore because, sure. like, you, you got this. Like, Do you I, still own stock in Venmo? No, I don't own any stock. Okay. Only only bragging rights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> were you able to walk away with a good amount that you were happy with? Yeah, very, very happy with everything. So, uh, I mean, it's, it wasn't about that, though. It was more about... Sure. It's more about making something with a group of people. Like, if you look at all the people that were there, we we got to have a reunion at Square on Square or something. Sure. I, I can't. I, I, I want to be there. You got to come to that. Yeah. Listen, you know, th- this your journey, it's funny because sometimes people don't even understand or respect their journey because it's their own. They lived it. So it's like they don't kind of understand how valuable or precious it was. Right. You know, did you ever regret selling Venmo for that price? Or you no, just, not, a, not one moment. No, no. Because you look at it like it could have been nothing, right? Meaning like it almost was, yeah, it almost I mean, you was could, heading down. You should get Bill Ready on the, to tell you the other side of the story. Everyone was asking, telling him like, are you guys fucking out of your minds? This company is going to bankrupt you. <laughs> you know, like Venmo, the, the, you know, for the fact that Bill was decisive enough against all odds to make that decision is even more of a, of a case study of success to me. Yeah. So so we spoke about that uh, when you sold, I, I asked you, I said, did you go out and buy anything outlandish? Did you did you go and, and, and you know, in, have a crazy night? And you said to me that uh, you were in the office. Yeah. And uh, would you have a drum set? We had a drum, drum set. We had a music room in the office. Yeah. Yeah. And I just opened the doors to that music room and I just sat on the drums and I played for the whole day. Whole day straight, <laughs> just banging the drums and singing, and just anyone could come. That was it. I was just ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, and and that was like you're getting but out. I, Go ahead. But I got to give a shout out to Katie Simon, mm-hmm. uh, who was running our support team or on the support team. And while all this was going on, she, I was like, Katie, come party. She's like, I can't party right now because if I party, our users are gonna get pissed off. They have all these support needs. So she sacrificed her time partying with all of us to field support inquiries from Venmo users while we were all partying. And I'll never forget that. Mm, mm. You know, you said before that you want to hang out with every superstar in the world. Do you remember saying that? <laughs> I think everyone is a superstar. So yeah, yeah. Who, who's some of the superstars that you've been? Did I say su- when did I say that? I, that hey, listen, I, I, I did, did I some say, research. Well, <laughs> oh. Oh, superstar agenda or something no, like no, that? No, no, saying that you that you want to hang out with every superstar in the world. Like you, I guess you wanted to rub shoulders with some of the biggest people. No, that's not, I No. Okay, go ahead. I view everyone as a superstar. Okay. Yeah, they just, you know. But uh, I don't know where you read that. That's interesting because... Who, who's who's some of the superstars that you've been honored to meet along this journey? Man, I can't even... I don't even remember now. Are there some? Do you know some that I don't no, know No, I'm about? saying is is, <laughs> is, is, is... is there people you come across that you've been... You know, that, that you're like, wow, you know, I'm sitting here with uh, Billy Joel or I'm sitting here with, uh, you know... Not really. I mean, honestly, uh, to me, the superstars in my life are the people I'm always around working with. It's just... Uh, I think I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by wonderful spirits... Uh, throughout the throughout the process, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't recall those. I don't recall being next to anyone uh, like that. Yeah, you know, listen, uh, being an entrepreneur, being a creative, being a, a musician, being a bunch of things. You know, what 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 gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, in the morning, like what gets you out of bed? Like what what what, what really makes you motivated? When you get out of bed, like, this is something that, 
still strikes you that still gives it's you the, that it's yeah. the people that I'm working with yeah. or that I'm um, I'm friends with really yeah. um I love going into the studio every single day because I know I'm going to see Mamadou Randy Matt Leah Clyde uh it's it's just those are the people that are currently there and it's like I know that we have this mutual dependence on each other to build something greater than what we are. And that's what motivates me. So you 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 started a new um app. It's called Ents, right? Correct, yeah. E N S E. Yeah. For those listening in internet, pull out your app store or in Samsung, what is it called? Your Android? Yeah, if you're on Android, go to alpha.nyc on your phone on your browser to get the the beta. If you're um, on, using an iPhone, just go on the App Store. ENSE, yeah. ENSE. So what it is, is like kind of like an audio um, app, like an audio Twitter, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm on it, Premium Pete, and, I, and you know, I tried it out and, and I messed around with it and I started to get addicted to this audio. So what it is, is basically just audio in different friends, different users. Yeah. Explain to the internet who are listening what ENSE is. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a way for us to talk to each other publicly and privately uh, using our voices and sound. Um, and, you know, a good example of how we used it uh, is, you know, you I, I, I love this. I love what you say. Tuesday blessings. You know, actually, let me play one of your answers. The Monday blessings to me was beautiful because I woke up to that ends, actually, that you made. Uh, um, let me find it here. Premium Pete. Yeah. Premium Pete on Ents. E-N-S-E. Download that motherfucking app. So here's here's one from Premium Pete that I loved. Put uh, it right to the mic. Put it right to the mic. Monday morning blessings, my man. It's been a crazy weekend. I was in Boston. I drove there, drove back. All doing a bunch of things. Anyway, I'm about to get the week started. I'm out here. Hope all's well with you. Now, now look, for, for to, to have received that from you so what what that was is that's premium pete's ends he made on monday it's, you know you just open it you and i sent it to you you sent it to me and it was public so other people could hear it. Yeah. charlie charlie stevens shout yeah. out to you shout my brother to charlie stevens. <laughs> shouts to charlie stevens um you know you just open it you make a quick audio bite and then others can hear it and for me what i love about it what i really enjoy is hearing the tone of your voice and uh, I woke up, I heard that, and I got out of bed immediately because I was like, I got to get my day started. Sure. And I was like, I knew I was going to be on the show with you on Wednesday. So it's just, we connect in a different way. It's not like, if you had tweeted that at me, it would have felt different. Sure. And, you know, I you probably found it easier to just say that sure. than typing. No, so. I like it. I'm fucking around with it, and I like to see what it could become even that's, more. That's the question that I have, too. Like, what's it going to become, and who's going to, you know, who, who's going to take 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 a hold of it sure but why why audio like what made you create this audio app it started off because me and mamadou um mm -hmm. were making music and as part of our group ikram and the immigrant groove mm -hmm. um, yeah i like it <laughs> that's our band name ikram and the immigrant groove uh so that's how it started we were making an album in my apartment uh in our apartment and all of a sudden, we're like, we're starting, we get to this point where like everything we're record, you know, when we're riffing, we want to be able to capture the sound. Sure. So initially, we had a video camera always fixated on us. But 
it became too clunky to just manage a video camera at all times. We're using our phone. Sometimes you forget to turn it off, da-da-da-da-da. So eventually we made this little sound recorder that sat on your computer that was recording in five-minute increments at all times on mm. a loop. And anytime you hear something you like, you could ense it. You could press that button. You would take the sound, package it up, upload it to the cloud, and, dis- and let you distribute it. You could share with your friends. So kind of like voice memos, but on steroids. And then I would invite my friends over once in a while. And Ents would be running, and I'd just be like, yo, that was a funny conversation. Let me grab that. And I'd grab it, and I'd send it to them. And I found that they would listen to it. We would talk about it on group chat, like, yo, that was funny, da-da-da. And I was like, oh, hold on a second. There's not a place, a really slick place, to, to capture and share sound and voice and audio the way you can on Instagram, Twitter, with text or pictures. And I was like, what if we turned Ents into a way for people to communicate through sound and casual audio? Um, and now we're here today. It's like, you know, I may be at a concert at the Apollo Theater. Bam, I can Ents, Ents the band. People sing on Ents. People sing. What's what's better, to have your friends sing you happy birthday or write happy birthday, man? Sure, sure. And so it's, it's just more of a, it's more it, of a stronger feeling. And I really think that um, where the world is headed is people will be using their voice far more frequently than they will be typing because it's easier. I was I, I made three answers while I was walking down the street on my on my way here. One was to you to let you know I was going to be a little late. And then, um, yeah, I think we're going to connect in a different way using ends. You know, are you challenged because you, you know, sold, uh, you know, Venmo and you found some success? Are you challenged? Because, uh, you know, they say you do one good thing, you got to do another. Are you, are, are you, do you feel any challenges to succeed again? I, I just want to be a two-hit wonder. Okay. So one more? <laughs> I, I was telling my friend the other day, I feel like I'm reliving 27. Okay. Uh, 27 was, for me, was a time when I was just always on kind of thing. And I think I got one more in me, um, and I'm Ents and Ikram in the Immigrant Groove. I'm working on three things right now. Ents and Ikram in, in the Immigrant Groove is a band that we, and we use Ents to promote our Sure, sure. Promote our, our, your brand. Just promote our brand. And, and band. Um, and I'm working on a kind of a Broadway play. Nice. Uh, What's uh, that about? It's called Surrender. You heard it here first. And the idea behind Surrender is for you to come have one evening with us where you go back to your primal roots, um, where we all, you know, where we all came from. And then you leave two hours later feeling like, you know, you were just born again. Um, and I'm working on that with Maritza from Tajin. Uh, where I nice. met how you know Tajin, one of my favorite restaurants in New York City, um, is how I met you actually sure. through Isaiah. It's amazing. It's amazing. This world we live in, connecting with people is amazing. Listen, you know, um, we spoke about money doesn't really drive you. You know, we spoke about that you wanted to have the success, and you didn't grow up with all this money. You know what I mean? You grew up, uh, you know, living with your parents and your father trying to figure it out. You know, yeah, having financial freedom now in this day and age. You know, does that motivate you? Does you know? It well, I, it, has I it changed of, your life? I've, like, I've, has I've money forgotten about life? it almost. But I will say that um, I try. It's it's weird. Uh, I don't feel like I've accomplished in my life what I want to accomplish from an artistic perspective, and. I have so much to do that money is one of the things I don't worry about at all. And I really never have because I feel like somehow I was able to combine my interests with um, how I would make money. And if, if there was ever a point where I was making money doing something I didn't enjoy, 
I would quickly change. Now, and how I would do that is I would push myself. I worked hard. I work. I still work hard. I'm always working, always, 24-7. There's sometimes a misconception to the amount of work it really takes to, to, to do what you love. Sure. So it's one thing to do what you love. But it's also important to realize how hard it is to do what you love. Sure, sure. And in this day and, and age, I'm sure, I, you know, you probably resonate with that. Sure, no. In this day and age, I always say social media just it shows you on uh, in Bermuda and on a on a hammock, and and people are like I want to do that, but not realize the days where you had to tell people that look, you may have to find a new job because right. we're closing down. I mean, that had to be a low point. Right. You know, as we go over that and as we wind this episode down, what what it, what is what is some of the biggest things? Like lessons you learned, like that you take away from this journey so far. Like, is there something that really sticks out to you that you that really like you learned, or that like you know taught you a lot? The one, the, the I say this a lot. I, I mean, one kind of catchphrase that I use is "dream until it comes true," uh, which is to say, like, continue to dream always uh, about what because that's you know that's one form of escape when life gets tough. Um, is 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 how you dream and. So dream until it comes true. That I have a song about that, and I really believe in that. And number two is, um, you really, really gotta work hard if you want to do what you love, mm. um, because it's not easy. It's not easy to do what you love, but you. Everyone wants it. Everyone wants it. Mm. You know, you uh, you kind of just did it there, but we'll do it a little more extended. Because it's always, uh, you know, great to spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Um, but it's really just a good way to do that for people. You know, somebody listening right now, uh, a, young in, a young investor, a young entrepreneur in the making, somebody who just, like you said, like feels like giving up or, or, or somebody who wants to create. And, you know, what's some advice you would give them um, to get them through that? I would say think about the times everything was cool. And what, and then, and look back at that, and and see if you could turn that imagination into inspiration. Because how you achieved that that the moments when things were cool is what life is all about. And um, talk to a friend, talk to a friend about ends me ends ends premium Pete. I'm I'm serious about that. Like. Surround yourself of, with people you know? Surround yourself with people you can talk to, talk to freely. Because when you bottle something up, uh, eventually it, it can expand and it can pop and it can, it can cause you unnecessary pain. And every time that I've bottled something up, I can't remember exact moments, but sure, I do sure. know bottling things up and try, sort of keeping yourself, keeping things to yourself is preventing you from the freedom that you really, really want. And just think about those times when everything was cool. And maybe that can lift you out of a, of a dull moment. Do you, uh, do you, do you, I know we went over uh, briefly, but do you have uh, any influences that, you know, people that you look up to in, in, in this tech world, in this world? Uh... I mean, one of my favorite, uh, one of the one of the people that inspires me a lot is uh, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, uh, He's I love him. Icon. Uh, he's just the greatest. And every li- before Venmo launched, I went to his gala. I hugged him actually. Really? How'd you get the chance it to was, meet him? I it was just a, you know one of those serendipitous moments. Okay. I was back there and I've oh, I've I've learned so much from him. Uh 
Um, you got Stevie, everybody, you got people, Stevie Wonder on the on on, on uh, speed dial. <laughs> no, I wish I I got I got I got to get him on Ents. Actually, I think he would love Ents because yeah. um, audio only sure, for sure. blind people. Sure. Um, Stevie Wonder is someone that I think has met, is the is has accomplished what Bach accomplished in terms of musicianship and musicality and just influence and expression. Um, I mean. I love Whitney Houston, Michael mm. Jackson. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to both of them. Um, a lot of the people I grew up with uh, musically. I just, my parents, everybody. I love everybody, really. Mm. I really do. I um, love you, man. Man, I, I, I love you too. This is this is a beautiful, uh, uh, you know, spirited moment to, yeah. to, to love people. I like I like your spirit, man. I like. Oh, thank that. you. Likewise, yeah, for sure. It's. <laughs> I mean, we can sit here and complain, but like, right? But, no, but, we, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's 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 beautiful. It's special, um, you know. When when we really look at it, and we say to, we say to ourselves, "Are there groupies in the tech world?" I mean, <laughs> you know, is 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 it? Are there groupies? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I, I feel like maybe. Uh, does Zuckerberg have groupies? Maybe maybe. I not. mean, he probably did at one who point. Has, who has, who's a tech tech person with groupies? Maybe the Foursquare founders back in the day. Do you know that thing? Yeah, Foursquare, of course. The location. Yeah, the, the location thing. Twitter. I don't know. Well, do you read any books? <laughs> I have read a very small number of books. I listen a lot. I listened to a lot of stories growing up. Uh, that's why one of the reasons I love Ents. It's all audio. Yeah. Uh, What's some of the books though? But you read? one of my favorite books is Siddhartha by Herman Hess. Mm. It's very short, so which is probably why I read it. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful book. I highly recommend that. Uh, it's one of the few books that I was able to sit through. Um, what else? I read a couple, I read PayPal Wars before Venmo started. Mm. That, was, that played a bit like of a, that? that played a role. It was inspiration for, yeah, for sure. Recommended to me by my friend Jack Abram, Abrams. Mm. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, I, 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 when I do remember after reading that book, I felt a little, I felt more courageous getting into the payments world. Mm. Mm. What else comes to mind? Uh, Siddhartha is, the, is my favorite book, if I had to pick one. Now, I, I, I'm sure there are others that I haven't read that are great, but I'm, I'm, my friends talk about things, and I really rely on my friends to tell me about what's going on. Mm. So so you're living in New York City, is there, you know, and you lived in Philly, and you lived in Zimbabwe, and you lived in, in um, where else? Zambia. Zambia. Um, yeah, those were, those were my three main main spots where else i mean i'm sure you traveled the world i've been to sri lanka a few times um amsterdam some spots but i never lived there i only lived in america and uh you know virginia philadelphia new york city and zimbabwe zambia uganda what's your favorite place that you visited visited mm, my home is zimbabwe no question yeah uh and my second mom is there anya uh from the Shona tribe. She's amazing. Uh, I haven't seen her in a long time, but she sends me a birthday card every year mm. and I got to go back and hug her and talk to her. I, th I think she would be, we would be happy to see each other. Um, Zimbabwe is by far my, my home. The journey, the journey has just begun, Ikram. Thank to be you. honest with you, uh, it's inspiring, your journey. You know, there's a lot of people that I sit down with and a lot of people's uh, journeys are aspiring. And these people don't even realize it sometimes because I always tell them it's their own life. It's their own living. Right. You know, they don't take the time to be like, you know. I mean, I'm sure you probably say, fuck, that was a summer ride. 
Um, but 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 uh, I'm gonna say that tonight. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, I mean not like that. I'm saying after the after my night out with I'm going to this bar. Boys don't cry. They accept bitcoins. So. Really? Yeah. Did you invest in Bitcoin? Did I invest in Bitcoin? I got a couple. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't invest in it, but I play. I love it. I think it's pure. Do you, I think Bitcoin is cool. You think you think it has a life? It's going to last for a while. Yeah, I think so. I think it will. And and any other investments that you believe in, like things that uh... restaurant? I got a restaurant down the street. Oh, that's right. Called Cut the House in, Sri Lankan in, in New York City. Right? Yeah, if you want to check that out, we can all go there. Where is um, that located? It's on Two Fifty Broom Street, New mm. York City. Internet. If you if you're from New York City, go check it out. If you're not, uh, add it to your list when you come into town. Yeah. Listen, man. Um, I want people to go check out Ents. Um, if you know, if you're on. Um, iOS, just go to the App Store, put in E N S E. It's an it's like a I, I don't want to say it's an audio Twitter, but that's what it reminds me. Yeah, the most just of. follow me and Pete and, and your friends and let's talk. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, where are you? I know you're on Instagram. You don't use it much, but Ikram M I. I am on Instagram. Yeah, I K I Q R A M M I. I've only I have one post. One, one post. Do <laughs> you like Instagram? No, you know what? I'm I'm not a huge Instagram guy because I'm not into pictures as much. Mm. Mm. Videos, pictures. I don't like to be seen. Mm. I don't know. It, are, you, are you shy? Or? I didn't grow up with a mirror. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I never heard anyone say that before. <laughs> so you never worried about breaking it and having seven years of bad luck? No, I didn't. No, I didn't even know that. I, I've never heard someone say that but before. Why didn't you grow up with a mirror? I mean, I, like, I, I know, it's, I know, it's not something that you that somebody <laughs> tried to like. You got to grow up with a mirror, but like, wait, there was no mirrors in your bathroom. <laughs> no, I don't remember the mirror, man. It's just. Uh, yeah, so this whole selfie and all that sort of stuff, and that it's just, it's not, I'm not inspired to do that. I don't know why. I get why a lot of people do it. Mm. But, uh, yeah. You know, the last thing, last thing, is when <laughs> I went to go uh, come and see you, and we sat down and had great conversation. Great, we had a great conversation. You pulled out, you know, I asked you um, what some of your goals are, and you pulled out this little fucking brown book. And you said you said something like these are my life goals, <laughs> and you wrote down on them. Can right. you let the people know what it said on there? All right, I'll let the okay. This this is the first. Uh, it said three things. Uh, was it with check boxes next to each thing? The first was tech, uh, and I checked it off because I felt like I was inspired to make this checklist after I saw another tech person make share their checklist on Facebook. So I checked off tech, meaning, you know, I would say Venmo contributed to my tech ambitions or aspirations. And then Ents also com com contributes to that, but also Ents contributes to, I, I would say, my next goal, which will probably take a long time to accomplish, uh, which is an EGOT, uh, mm. which is unchecked. And what is that for people listening who may not know? <laughs> an EGOT is an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. Okay, and you don't have any of them yet. <laughs> None of them. Fuck, you got a big task. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of work to do. Sorry, I, I keep I, working. If I accomplish it, will you have me back on the show? Of course. Okay, great. Of course, we can. Yeah. That, so, so I got. And then the last one is uh, the last checkbox is research. So mm. after the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, if all you know, God willing, um, then I would love to do research on and try and help the world with its problems. Mm. You're a good man, man, and your journey, like I said, is special. Um, Internet's again. You too. Well, you're a great man. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Uh, listen, um, I want you to check out N E N S E. Check it out on the iOS App Store, and if you have an Android, what do they do? Uh, go to alpha.nyc. 
and check that out. And, and listen, like I said, just just you, you, you know what? We don't take enough time to spread love. Your you, you know, spread your, the love. Your contributions, honestly, uh, you know, have probably inspired not only many companies, but people. And right. I think that honestly, it's what you leave behind. You know, some people want to do shit, want you know, just to look good. You know, you you, you left behind a lot of things, creations, and and these are things that. You probably didn't even plan out to do. You were just trying to figure shit out. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's it's inspiring. Internets, listen. Uh, if you use Venmo, man, thank this man. Um, well, if if you use Venmo, thank you. Thanks for giving me mm. the opportunity to be here. So mm. there you go. Internets, Ikram, uh, not only just a co-founder of Venmo, not only just a founder of N S E N S E, okay, but an entrepreneur, a great mind, and a great heart. See you next episode. Peace out, Ikram. Thank you. Internets, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Peach Show? Email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com and let's get working. Okay, make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms or podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll see you next episode. Cheer.